You know, girls, when we are thinking in terms of the lies that we're believing, Satan is going after three things. In general, he goes after three things. He goes after your worth, your hope, and your lovability. And if he can tell you a lie or suggest a lie that hits all three of them, you're dead in the water. You are so overwhelmed and destroyed that it's hard to recover. And it's really helpful and valuable to realize that Satan is always going to go after your worth. He's always going to go after your hope and your lovability. And oh boy, does he go after us women when it comes to our lovability. Oh, I just know I'm not the only one that has been attacked that way a lot. I think we as women, that's got to be, oh, and if we feel no hope, and if we feel that we have no worth, wow. And the reality is, as you go through your lie chart on your own, when I had to do that for graduate school, I sat at the computer and I couldn't think, and I couldn't think of a lie, a single lie that I was routinely believing, which was the assignment. And I um, sat there for five minutes. God, help me, I'm stuck. And then all of a sudden, he gave me 25 lies that I routinely believe. So I encourage you to do the same thing. You probably will get stuck like I did. What kind of lies am I routinely listening to and, and believing? And the fun thing about your lie chart is that you put the lie down, and then in the second column, your job is to put down what's Satan's goal. Well, it's always going to be here. And then the third part is going to be what is God's truth. And really, that's going to come down to what do I know about God and what he says about essentially these, <clears throat> these three things, my worth, my lovability, and my hope. And I get a grin on my face when I put the last column in because he thinks, I don't know why, he thinks I have tremendous worth. My hope is always going to be in him, not in me. And I apparently, in God's eyes, am incredibly lovable. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And we're going to be going into some of these lies more and more uh, as we go along. There's one last thing that Satan loves to do, which you should all be very familiar with. And that is, he, how can I say this? He tells you that it's all up to you. And boy, does he do that. He will subtly, it's so subtle. When you feel anxious, there's the key. Because all anxiety comes from Satan suggesting that it's all up to you. And we'll be talking examples about that later. But the moment that you are anxious, there's only one reason for it, girls, only one. And nobody in the world is telling you this truth. And it's because Satan is telling you it's all up to you. And who is it all up to, really? If I could sound like dumb, it's all up to God. He's the one who's going to get me through whatever's 
making me anxious right now. It's not going to be me. I will always get anxious if it's all up to me. Think about it. And the reality is it's all up to God. But we're going to do lots of discussion coming up with examples of this. So just take these initial thoughts. And right now, we're going to stop and get into our small group time. In our small group, uh, something came up that I think I would like to share with all of you. And you know how we were talking about our husband's good points and wanting to affirm our husbands. Uh, one of the hardest ones that I learned about was the one where uh, we're called to trust our husband's judgment. And I had a terrible time with that because I didn't trust his judgment any further than I could kick him with it. And I don't know if I'm the only one there, but what was I learning that one of the most important ways to affirm our husbands is to trust his judgment and that it has more of an impact than What's that, Pam? Because that's exactly what Eve did not do. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure. She <laughs> did not engage him to lean on his judgment. Nope, she did oh. not. She did not. You know what Eve's problem was? I love the way they said it in graduate school. She did not believe that God loved her enough that it was safe for her to let go of control. You should repeat that. I know. It's a killer. It I don't know how I, I must have written it down. Eve did not believe that God loved her enough for it to be safe for her to let go of control because she did. She took control of the situation. And by the way, girls, that is the beginning and the end of all sin right there. There it is. There it is. Every time that I sin against God, I'm not believing in how much he loves me, that it's safe to follow him and trust him rather than me. And I hope you're catching on to what a dangerous, volatile place it is to trust in me apart from following Jesus Christ, which is incredible. So she was lacking her worth. She didn't feel like she was Right. All of the, oh, yes. Yes, Satan went after it. This is like, this was the ultimate lie, wasn't it? In example, right there. And he went after her worth, her hope, and her lovability. Bam. Oh, and then he made sure she thought that it was all up to her to make the decision. It's so common. Very, very common. You know, when I had to do this exercise for graduate school, I couldn't get the paper done and needed to be done by the end of the day on Tuesday, and it wasn't done. And it's supper time, and I'm starting to get anxious. <laughs> of all things, I started to get anxious. And then because it was the lesson for me, I'm going, oh, wait a minute. I think I can. Yeah, I can see that Satan is making me feel like it's all up to me to get this doggone paper done. And so I stopped myself, and I said, it's not all up to me, Lord. It's all up to you. What do you want me to focus on right now? And he put into my head, go downstairs and make dinner for Jamie for Pete's sake. Well, it's like, I can do that. So I trot downstairs, make dinner, and we go through the rest of the evening, and the paper's not done. And the next morning I wake up, I have my quiet time with the Lord, and I say, Lord, what am I going to do? 
And then he had me look at my day timer and I had from nine till 12 open that morning that I wasn't aware of. I got the paper done and I had experienced the whole thing so that I could talk about it experientially. And by the way, girls, that's everything. Everything that we are doing, if we are not having, having an experiential thing go on with it, it won't cement inside of us. We are the sum total of our experiences and we are in the process of changing them. And that's why we're being so uh, careful to um, be intentional to learn. So does anyone have uh, a laboratory experience that you've had this week, good, bad, or ugly, that you would be willing to bring up to the group so that we can pull it apart? Talk about courage. I give you my laboratory experiences a hundred times in each session. Okay, let me rephrase that as best I can. A retreat is coming up and you wanted to go. It's a women's retreat. It is a getaway for you. And being a single mom, you could certainly use a break. But even if you weren't a single mom, you could really use a break. And so you knew that your man is not excited about you being away. He's Mr. Quality Time. And you prayed about it. I'm presuming with your hand open to where God's going to lead you and you decided not to go. And then you let your man know that you're not going, that you chose, and I like that you used that word, that you chose not to go. You didn't blame him for your choice. You simply said you chose not to go. And then he turned around and started working on ways that he could put together a getaway for you that would be perfect and easy. How about that? Now, I'll tell you what, when we let God do the choosing for us, and maybe we weren't too crazy about it, I'll bet you really wanted to go to the retreat, big time. But you listened to the Lord, especially knowing the quality time aspect and Look what happened. Are you content with the result? Yes. And you're content with it? Mm -hmm. No resentment, no issues. I just, I, it, was, it was the right decision. And you, and you will have a sense of yes about the decision, Absolutely. don't you? It's, it, yes. It's the experiential moment that's cementing the change and the willingness to do it again. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. It's amazing how God will uh, confirm his decisions when he gives you the best way to do things. He will confirm in your heart and mind that yes, this is the right way to go. He's been very clear with me about that. And there have been times I have been far from happy about the prayer requests that I have put before him. I so wanted this. And he led me to see I needed to do this. And he always helps me to see why. And my, my response is, oh, I guess I can't do that. Oh, this is so disappointing. <sighs> help me, Lord. 
but it was always for the best. Oh my goodness, he saved me from myself in many instances, and it's building relationship. Thank you. Uh, yes. I'd like to kind of just add to that, just because it's similar. So I have an opportunity to go on a retreat as well. <laughs> and I, in my mind, have decided how my husband will react. So I have the whole thing, the whole conversation. I know exactly what he's going to say. This is why we can't do this. This is all of the stuff because I want to be in control. So this is the no. between me and God. It's like my husband could probably be any person in this situation, but I've worked myself up to it. No, it can't go because of this, this. So finally, I work with my girlfriend on a few dates that I know Luckily, my husband wouldn't have to take like four days off work or reschedule his, of his hours and our child and whatnot. And I finally like lay it out. I like plan it. I, okay, I'm thinking this and these are the dates and we could do this. And, and his response was, that sounds so good. That will be so good for you. You can tell, that'll be great. When are you going to sign up for it? <laughs> and so it's not even like, I know you guys are probably like, thinking my husband is probably a bad person when I sit here in the way I talk. Not at him. all. But really not at it's all. not. It's like I'm the bad person who has my own <laughs> play of life. Your agenda. Your agenda. That doesn't even, he doesn't even get a chance to be a part of. <laughs> well, now, let, so when you were coming up with your own, this retreat you wanted to go to, and you really wanted to badly, you had an agenda. And you wanted it so badly. None of us understand that in this room, right? <laughs> did you put it before the Lord and ask Him? Well, I think I kind of did because again, mm -hmm. also, so I am. Well, you're in process now. Praying and like I don't feel like I am worthy to ask for things, but I was like contemplating and really having quiet time around it, and and so I think kind of in a backwards way, I put it before the Lord. <laughs> Probably not as full as I should have, but Do you know, may, may I touch on that for a second? Mm -hmm. You will not be the only person in this room who will feel unworthy to go before the Lord with your requests. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very common, I mean, why wouldn't Satan use that not just on you, but, but on, on all of us? He's going after our worth, and if he can keep me from praying and talking with the Lord and getting his opinion. He has so won. And we have a heavenly father who adores the time that we get to spend with him. I don't get it. Cause you know, we're, we're not that, we're not that perfect. Why does he adore us? We'll find out in heaven. Other than to know that that is the part of him that is unique to God, how he adores us human beings in all of our dust, in all of our humanness. And so our job is to say, okay, I'm gonna to have to believe him for that. I believe God for a whole bunch of things that I won't know and to, won't be able to see and understand with my eyes till I get to heaven. Right. And scripture tells us we will see everything from his perspective once we get on the other side. So if your worth, your hope, and your lovability are being attacked during your prayer time, I challenge you to see it for what it is. Satan's trying to keep you from all that God wants to give to you. That's Satan's goal. And over here, 
What is God's truth? He's dying to spend time with you. Right. And I was mad at my husband for how I thought he would react. Right. Because you, so do you, and you, and so you, and so you are thinking through and anticipating the whole thing, the whole scenario, and God did a gotcha on you, and your husband thought it was great. Now, your job is to catch your tendency and you're the only one in the room that has it. <laughs> We've all done it. It's, it's all part of our sin nature, which is so conveniently caught up with Satan's lies. That's why, girls, I pray that since I have a sin nature and Satan is always wanting to come in with his lies, I, every morning, just about every morning, I pray, I've mentioned this to you before, and I say, Lord, wherever that spot is where my sin nature wants to erupt, right? We just showed it. And where Satan's lies want to come in, I pray that you will meet me at that exact spot, the portal inside of me, and give me only your thoughts, your truth, your ways, I only want that. I don't want this. And you know what? He does. I challenge you to pray that way. Is it too uh, ephemeral for you to be able to comprehend what I just said? Because I have to make it kind of a visual that there's a portal in there somewhere where my sin nature and Satan's and his lies are ready to come in. And I think the first time I may have mentioned this to you that I practiced this. I went in to make the bed with Stan and I had snarky thoughts that came into my head and I was all set to say them. And then instead I said lovely things and lovely thoughts came into my mind. And I said, well, look at that. Well, look at that. Boy, do I need you, Lord, for everything. Do you see that? I want to be saved from myself. What do you say, girls? <laughs> I have a feeling I'm not alone. And I can be saved from myself. How about that? You know, we hear of things like the chain breaker, breaking the chains of our past. Well, it is absolutely ours for the taking. And what does it take? Practicing the things that we're learning here every morning. That's all it takes. And then he is going to change us. You know, I showed you, I'll be showing you every week. I showed you my husband's good points list. And then I showed you over here the things I have to pray for that are the things I must work on every day that I now know these are my areas of weakness. And you know what? They're not a big deal for me anymore. I have ownership of them. If I weren't praying for them every day, would I be practicing them? I don't know. But I pray for them every day and look out. I can be something very different than all the stuff that we've been discovering about ourselves so far through lesson four. And we still have six more lessons of exposés. I can be entirely different. All it takes is my intentionality every morning. That's it. How worth it is that to you girls? It's everything to me. Because I don't want to be that snarky thing. 
or worse, or worse. Instead, I want all that God wants to give to me, and I want to be all that he wants to be inside of me. It is so beautiful. It's so different from the candy that is all uninterrupted by him. And so my greatest desire in life is that you girls have the same experience. It's terrific. It's terrific. Okay, any questions? You know that you're going to be dealing with the very last page in your packet. If you'll take a look, 56 there are. 56 ways that we subtly and not so subtly disrespect our husbands. And remember that when we are nagging, we are basically telling our husbands that they're small, stupid, and incompetent. And we can totally stop that. It's the very last page in your packet, the disrespect list. So your job, girls, if you are strong and willing to do it, is to circle every one of these that has tended to be who you are. And I'd like for you, next to the ones that you circled, to write down what it would look like in God's economy, a word or two. What it would look like if it were me having my portal being impacted by the Holy Spirit instead of my sin nature and my Satan and his lies. That's going to be a very unpleasant exercise, girls. I'm so sorry, but very vitally important. This is personal. <laughs> we don't need to show this to our husbands. This is personal. You were very, very self-destructive on that one. <laughs> she, gave, she gave the sheep for her husband to take a look at, and it belongs to us. Now, there may come a day when you may want to let your husband look at that because you would like him to see where maybe he has something he might take ownership of. But that won't be for a long time. So you'll continue to add to your husband's good points list. And uh, remember that one of the greatest ways we can affirm is by trusting our husband's judgment. That last statement, your husband will become only as great as you believe him to be. Whoa. Is that wild? And it's absolutely true. But boy, once again, that is taking us from my old self to my new self. And what I am choosing to believe, not what I'm feeling, what I am choosing to believe. Interesting. Okay, um, any questions? I find that this is just getting more and more exciting. I hope that you girls are able to catch the excitement in the midst of it all. Shall I pray? Father God, Thank you for each of these wonderful women here and the work that you're doing inside of them, crafting this new wonderful me who can follow you and craves it more than life itself. That is our goal. And so, Father God, I pray that you will bless every one of these girls fully today and this week, with all the blessings you would love to give them, if they would only ask. I pray that you will help every one of us to jump off the cliff and trust you in new ways, 
and find you faithful. And then, Father God, I pray that you will keep us all far from evil so that we don't cause you or anyone else harm. And we are going to thank you, Father God, for your answers to these prayers and more this week. In Jesus' most wonderful name, amen. Thank you, girls.